This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blues Focus Podcast, airing every week on YouTube, Apple Music and Spotify. I'm Kieran, your host for this episode, and with me this week again, I've got Elliot joining me. Um, going to get straight onto the game and the point away at Stoke on Sunday. Elliot, what were your views on the game this weekend? Yes, yeah, so, uh, solid result really, um, as we just saw, we're talking about earlier. Um, uh, defensively, really pleasing to watch, not conceding a lot of chances. Um, unfortunate with the equaliser um, at the end. I think it would have been harsh on Stoke if we'd have taken all three points, to be fair to them. I think having what we had four shots on goal all game. Uh, and I think that's sort of where we need to improve really going forward. Um, defensively, really good going forwards. Um, yeah, we could do a lot more. But I think Karanka set them up quite defensively for that game. Um, as you sort of, I looked at a couple of heat maps and the stats and stuff on the weekend and it, it showed us we were very quite, quite deep. Um, in terms of uh, shape of the team, Look, it looks really good. Um, so, yeah, I was really pleased with what I saw. Um, how about yourself? I mean, I suppose <clears throat> the, 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 that's what we can expect from a Karanka side away from home, isn't it? Um, I mean, the numbers of clean sheets he keeps in the league. I know we didn't keep one on Sunday, but, you know, and his defensive sort of capabilities is has always been known, hasn't it? So, <clears throat> although I, one thing I do think is I hope we don't go like that away at the teams where we should be winning games. You know, you know, of Wickham, Luton, people are, I hope we go there and have a go because, yeah, I mean, we should be beating them teams away from home. But I think Saturday was, it reminded me of the, the dogged results we used to pick up under Gary Rowett. To be honest, we, you know, we, we was compact. Stayed in our lines, didn't, you know, we had let him get down the wing a little bit, put the crosses in, we, we're going to win the headers, you know, Dean and, and friend, you know, Sunjic breaking it down in the middle as well. The, the only problem is we didn't really seem to have an out ball. We, we, yeah, we, yeah, that's where I think the issue with Duke is, is he's such a lump. You could hit him with the ball, but when he's on his, when he's on the halfway line and, and there's no real 
pace in there as such to, to really to spark a counter. You, you're kind of playing to the opposition's hands, then, yeah. If Stoke wanted to, they could have put a bit more pressure on us, but they were quite happy with knocking it around the back three for 60% possession on the stats in the end. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, like what, what, what we saw previous week against Rotherham, and he, he put Hogan up front with Duke. I mean, there's no way you can play Duke up front on his own at home. Again, we're just not going to create the chances. We're not going to get up the pitch enough. Um, so, yeah, like I say, I think Djokovic, away from home, as a lone striker, is adequate. But I think we need a lot more, a lot more mobility, a lot more pace. Um, he does all the basics really well, Djokovic. But in, in terms of finish, being clinical and finishing off, you know, chances, especially when they're at a premium away from home, he's not going to be the, he's not going to be the striker that's going to do that for us this season. Um, I see him more as a player that's going to be more of an impact player to come off the bench if you need to throw on an extra striker, you know, alongside a striker. Um, if we want to go more direct towards the end of the game, but um, yeah, I think definitely we're still a work in progress going forward. Yeah, I think you're seeing on Saturday against Stoke as well. It's, it's when he's up there, when he's up there on his own, and we're playing so so deep to to and then Stoke have the ball in front of us rather than letting him play in behind them. Have you? Djukovic gets drawn deep, <clears throat> and and when he's our only out ball, and your number ten who's meant to be playing off him is John Terrell. Oh, I mean, no offense to you, he, he can't run. You know, he's not very. He's not the quickest player. So when he's the one who's meant to be feeding off Djukovic's flicks, and you've got three centre backs on Duke on his own, you really you're just conceding possession to them. You? You're just basically saying, look, just coming off the ball, knock it around your back three. You ain't going to break us down too often, but we're not really that bothered. It's almost like we're saying we're basically saying we're playing for a point rather than to to win. I mean, we nicked it on a on a set piece and the goal and it's a shame we couldn't hold on in the end. But, I mean, again, just like the Rowett days, Monk, Monk's days even, which deadly on set pieces away from home and that's how we pick up a lot of results under them, them two. Yeah, and I think uh, my concern like was last season, you know, when we can see the goal, when we go a goal down, is the reaction from there you know, especially when we've just got Djokovic up front on his own, there's, there's not there's not going to be that reaction. Um, you know, I don't feel confident about us getting back into games. If if that was the other way around, I think we'd have quite probably quite easily lost that one nil to Stoke. So, I think it, it, it's difficult. I think we need more options going forward. That is one hundred percent. You know, there's no doubt in that unfortunately so in the next week or so we definitely need to get one or two more loan forwards in that's going to give us options well, uh, gonna, I'll come on to the options in the remaining window shortly but one thing I did see over the weekend after our game on Sunday was um, a tweet that says no Birmingham player had more shots successful dribbles key passes or accurate crosses than Arvan Sanchez he also registered an assist, had the highest pass accuracy of any Blues player to make more than one pass in the game, and he wasn't dispossessed once. So, I mean, he's your 
star player in the side so far. Brought you into Skybet team of the team of the month as well, wasn't he, for for September. But another impressive performance from him on Sunday, given the circumstances and the lack of attacking intent in a way. Yeah. What are, you, what are your thoughts on him so far? Oh uh, yeah, excellent player, excellent bit of business. Um like again what we were saying earlier, I just hope that we can bring in I know we've got Leco to come back, um, but we don't know what type of player he's gonna be when he comes back from injury. Hopefully he'll be the uh, the exciting player that we uh you know we're looking for with pace and unpredictability to his game. But it yeah, in terms of Sanchez, um on the ball he's he's brilliant. Um I I would like I definitely wanna see uh, hopefully we see some goals in his you know in his game this season. Uh, not just assists, but so far, yeah, I can't complain about him. Yeah, he's been excellent. He's, uh, oh, I think we've said it on the the uh, the podcast previously, but he's everything that we thought Jota would be when we signed him. You know, he's that right-sided midfielder, left-footed, and everyone knows he wants to go on his left foot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they both make that quite obvious, but Sanchez yeah. has got that unpredictability about him. And whereas I think when we signed Jota, we, we it was uh, very predictable every single time. So so far so good, I suppose. And then moving on, we've got a couple of weeks now um, international yeah. break. Um, a couple more weeks in the transfer market, but one bit of business last night that I know you're dying to talk about as well. Um, Riley McCree on loan for the season from well from Charlotte in the MLS or Adelaide United or if you want to say he's come from uh, happy with that signing yeah. again it was one of those signings a bit like San Jose it came out of the blue a little bit um, wasn't really expecting it um, can't profess to know a lot about the uh, Australian A-League um, or the player himself um, I've obviously seen the Scorpion kick which is obviously made him quite famous Right, which is some goal, to be fair. Um, but yeah, as a player, I don't know. I, 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 initially, when I saw the signing, I thought it was maybe a player we we're going to be bringing in into the under twenty three development team. Uh, I'm not, you know, again, like I say, I don't know a lot about the Australian A League, but uh, I'm I'm presuming it's on sort of par with, I don't know, League One at best, maybe League Two, probably League Two. Well, to to sum it up, I think. Adam Lafondra plays for Sydney FC, and I'm yeah. pretty sure he's top scorer in the league, or he was. Okay. And I mean, uh, right. and when was the last time he was relevant in an English league? So it's not yeah. to be harsh, he was all right. Yeah, he, he yeah. kept up a few seasons ago, didn't he? I think um, he scored a couple of goals in the championship. I think. Yeah, not. Um, yeah, that tells its, its own story. And I think the fact that he's moving from uh, was it Adelaide. The Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide on his way to the MLS, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there at the uh, franchise that he's joined in the MLS isn't um, joining that's the league for another year. So we are the stepping stone, which is your favourite um, favourite part of this deal. We are the stepping stone club. Uh, <laughs> interesting yeah. interview. It was an interesting interview. Um, obviously, it's gone now. It's been deleted. So... Uh, for those lucky people that managed to uh, to catch it, it was interesting. I think um, what I would say is it was just, I think looking at it, it was just a poor cho- choice of words 
uh, from the lad. Um, and he hasn't exactly said anything wrong, let's be honest. It, it is a step between moving from where he has to to the MLS. Um, I think it was probably just a, it was a, it was just a poor interview from the club, um, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and hopefully it doesn't affect the lad too much going forward. Oh, from releasing that interview onto the social media channels, the, the club have put him in a position where he can't win. And and I don't blame him, the, the, the lad really. I don't think any fan with their, their head screwed on will do. Because he's a... Look, I'm, I'm not defending what he said as such. I mean... I think you know when you say something like that, it's going to be the way it's going to be interpreted. But I think, like you say, I think it's just a bad choice of words, mate. I think what he's implying is it is a stopgap. It's a year. It's a year where he's he's in limbo for the time being because um, he can't join his MLS side for twelve months. And he needs to play football. I think what he's saying, trying to say, is that this is. The uh, the bridge between of course. transfers really, but I know your point is the the club have done him no favours, and, and I don't understand why the club have, have have even aired that interview. Do they not listen to to what's said before they release it? Clearly not. I mean, uh, it's a big error. Like I say, any player that's going out on loan obviously is using the club as a stepping stone, as a as a as a stage to, you know, showcase what their, what their, uh, what their talents are um, in the hope that, they're, you know, of getting a move back to the club, into the first team or, or onwards or wherever. So let's be honest. I mean, it, it frustrates me a little bit. Obviously, I've seen a lot of supporters on Twitter saying, you know, getting annoyed at fans for getting annoyed at the comment. But, you know, it's not, it's not the fact that the fans are getting annoyed at the fact that, you know, at the thought of us being a stepping stone club, we know where we are as supporters. We know where the club is. You know, we've been, you know, bottom half of the championship for the past 10 years. So, you know, we know, we know for a fact that players are going to come to the club, you know, with an idea of moving on to a, you know, a higher level. Um, and that's what we want. We want players to be coming in and using the club as a stepping stone. Let's be honest, we want ambitious players to come to the club to play football in, a, in a, you know, in the blue shirt. You know, we don't want players to come to Birmingham City and, uh, and think, oh, I'm comfortable, I'm happy where I am. No, I, want, I want ambitious players at Birmingham. I don't, I don't, you know, and unfortunately, there are, you know, there are a few players in the first team, I think, that are, uh, shall we say, comfortable where they are. Um, so, yeah, I definitely want more players like this lad that's coming in. I want more, I want more, more ambitious players. Um, just unfortunately, you know. So say you're not going to get promoted with players that are just happy with sitting in mid-table in the championship because that's not what exactly. gets you up the league. Um, but couple of, exactly. couple of, go on. No, and that, I was just saying exactly, and that, that was my issue. Just from you know a lot, a lot of what I've read on Twitter in the last 24 hours is, you know, people getting annoyed at uh, people that you know are, are unhappy with the comment. Like I say, it's not the comment. It's not the fact that we're getting upset because someone's described us as a stepping stone. We know where we're at. We're not playing at the uh, the top table of uh, English football, are we? Or European football? Have, probably never will for a, a good while. But um, but it's the fact that the club has has done that interview and then put it out there, um, which is just poor, I think. Yeah, I mean, sense of realism, like you say, as to where we're at, the situation we're in as a club. Um, for example, 
I know he's still there this season, from partly down to the fact he had a poor second half of the season, really. Ivan Sunic. So we signed him, apparently beat off the Logs face C Milan for his signature. So do fans that are upset that he said we're a stepping stone club, do they really believe that Sunic is going to be here forever? Or did they believe that Sunic coming as a to Birmingham as a stepping stone to bigger and better things, showcase his ability in, yeah. and you can't tell, one of the most competitive leagues in the world in terms of anyone can beat anyone. Yeah. Um, so, and, and obviously it's watched. English football is watched. Premier League and Championship especially is watched. So he's, he, he's come here as a stepping stone. No one seems to, I know he didn't say it, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to figure that out. But no one's upset about that. But I don't think. So. Listen, I don't. I don't think there's many clubs other than Jude <laughs> Bellingham. Uh, clubs, sorry, players. I don't think there's many players other than Jude Bellingham that sort of, uh, you know, grow up and think, I want to. I want to play for Birmingham City. That's my dream. You know, at the end of the day, we know, we know where we're at. We're not Manchester United. We're not Liverpool. Um, and like you say, Sanjic, uh, yeah, he has come to Birmingham City probably as a stepping stone to hopefully, you know, uh, moving on into the Premier League in English football. Um, that's, that's the long and short of it. Well, interesting. Bellingham's literally another example. Yeah, he wanted to play for Blues, but you can't knock, no one knocked the lad for going to Dortmund. Everyone wished him well. Birmingham was always going to be a stepping stone for him because of course it was. He's these generational talents like him. You can't yeah. keep him here for too long. Look, Damari Gray, Nathan Ripman, Jack Butland, all these that come up through our youth system, they've all done the same, moved on. And and, and fortunately, unless, like you say, you're with the likes of Man United, you're always going to be in that position. We are a developed player and sell them on sort of club. It's as simple as that. But yeah. uh, with McCree, a couple of numbers for you on his uh, season in. The A-League last season, 27 starts, 12 goals, 6 assists. Australian Cup winner in the 1920 season. Um, 21 years of age. Presumably coming to compete with that number 10 role with Terrell, you imagine. Uh, but then, as we were touching on briefly, off-air... Um, where does that leave Dan Crowler? Um, it's a difficult one. It, I don't know what the situation is with Dan Crowley. I know a few people said that he picked up a slight niggle in the, the cup game at the start of the season and he's not been you know, fully fit to start matches. Um, I know he's obviously he's fancying more the uh, physicality of Terrell in the midfield so that obviously when we lose possession of the ball, he can drop in. And, um, you know, he can shield the back four along with the other two central defensive midfielders. Um, Crowley doesn't quite offer that physicality um, to his game. I know uh, last season, you know, having watched him as well, he does tend to hold on to the ball a little bit too long at times. doesn't quite execute the passes that he should be executing. He's obviously a very talented player. He's, he's, a, he's a technical player as well. He's very good when he is on the ball. Um, I don't know with the, the lad from Australia whether they're going to bring him in and potentially play him right side, left side. 
as well. So just sort of uh, bring up the options in terms of if Bella gets injured or Sanchez gets injured. Um, so, yeah, but like we were saying earlier, I would much prefer to be bringing in another striker, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll move on to that now. Transfer window for um, deals to be done abroad. Closed last night, obviously, yeah. as we know, McCree came in. Still another, what, 11 days, 12 days of the um, dealings with the EFL and Premier League. Yeah. Still, I think a couple of players and a couple of faces needed. Um, pressing issue, as we've said, still arguably another striker. Yeah. Um, 11 days to go. Who, who, who takes your fancy at this moment in time? Oh, it's a tough one, really. Um, like I mean, we've saying, still got a player we spoke about before. Woodrow could still be done. But realistic or not, I don't know. But obviously, that's going to be one that still harps around on on Twitter for the, the next week or so. Can it be done? Can it? Can that one be done on a uh, an actual full transfer or permanent transfer? Or can it? Go yeah. So I think at the minute, as far as I'm aware, it's still for the next week and a half. It's still full transfers can be done. Okay. Uh, it's just dealings in house rather than. Um, with Spain and, and so on. Right, I'm with you. So, just international transfers is done now, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, obviously Woodrow, uh, very good play. I mean, you're not going to pick him up for less than five million, I don't think. Uh, that's what Barnsley are going to sort of want for him. And I can't see us spending four or five million pounds on a player right now. I think it's going to be a loan signing, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, like we were saying, just before we came on, you know, I know Danny Welbeck's just become a free agent. So that would be the ideal sort of player we could put up front. But again, wages, I think would be way too much for us. Heads why what for the sort of um, offloading him. Yeah, well, I did see as well um, in the article on Sky about Welbeck earlier, he had a £5 million release clause from being relegated. Um no takers on that, obviously. Um, which frees him up to leave on a free instead. Yeah. Can only assume a combination of a £5 million fee and, as you say, big wages. What's it going to be? 60, 70 grand a week, you'd assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. A bit out of our price range. Woodrow, look, he's got to be a big fee, wasn't it? Even before the international window closed. Now you've limited the the scope for a replacement as well. That's just going to drive the fee up even more. I think that's a bit of a non-starter in, from the off anyway. Yeah. But you really are all of a sudden scratching around wondering where is a goal scorer going to come from? Um, again, you look at youngsters in the Premier League. Are there any that, that fit the bill? I think other clubs at this point in the championship are still going to be in the same position as well. Yeah, so I, don't, I really don't know. It. I, I really don't know where we go from there for a striker at this point in time. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't bring another striker in. To be honest, I think he probably will utilise Leco in a forward position. I think, uh, in terms of how we play, he might at home he might try and uh, play sort of 
the uh, sort of Bella and Sanchez or uh, McGree or, you know, potentially Leco, hopefully when he's back, uh, a little bit more narrower. So sort of just more narrower sort of off the, the, the main striker. So we might go down that road sort of uh, tactically. Um, but yeah, I can't see us, I can't see us bringing another striker in, to be honest. Not in the current, not current climate. Current climate. And then you also think a couple of years back, or was it, well, last summer. So we needed a Shay Adams replacement and uh, we replaced Shay Adams by selling ours at sell. So, we, you know, we actually ended the market with two less strikers than we, than we started it with. So I don't think they're afraid to go in short of the numbers up front, so to speak. But then George to um, need for another centre-back. Again, I feel. Um, Sunday put Mark Roberts on at 1-0 up. Um, I've sent it up to... I finished one all, yeah. Uh, which was the point that I, uh, some of the points I've seen people saying on Twitter was um, if we didn't put Mark Roberts on and we stayed compact with a back four, we would have won that game. Uh, do you agree with those reviews, reviews, those opinions? I think, uh, no, not really, to be honest. I think, you know, Stoke were dominant from, you know, start of the second half throughout really um, other than the fact that we got the goal from the corner um, another set piece um, in terms of you know how the, the goal came about it was down the left side Pedersen again being you know sort of outdone for pace um, which happens quite a lot um, a solid player but he's it, just not quite got the yard of pace to sort of um, you know he's a long prevent those runner. attacks yeah, unfortunately, uh, but yeah, no, I, you know, it was an unfortunate goal, really. It was just a, a it was a strike. It was heavily deflected. It, you know, it was blocked by I think Harley Dean, and it just went in. It was it was unlucky, really. I think I don't I don't blame Cranker for putting on the defender. I think he might have perhaps maybe put Roberts on a little too early. I probably would have preferred Hogan to have come on in the seventieth minute. Um, to try and get us up the pitch, like you say, you know, get an out ball. Um, rather than Roberts, and then bring Roberts on with sort of five, ten minutes to go, you know, probably the other ten minutes to go to try and um, see the point out. Because I, I don't blame a manager for trying to see, uh, sorry, the point, see the three points out. You know, I don't blame a manager for trying to hold on to a victory with ten minutes to go. Not, not at all. Twenty might be pushing it a little bit, personally. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen a strike, even if it was Hogan for Djokovic, just a, a like for like substitution, just to change it up up front. It makes, you, it makes you wonder if, if that's something we work on in training, the three at the back. Um, because you can you can clearly see that Harley Dean's come on leaps and bounds at the start of this season compared to end of last with, uh, with George Friend next to him. It gives him that assurance and it's like it when I was two leaders in there, isn't it? Between the two of them, they talk. They, your friend gives that calming influence, which... Um, maybe being next to Roberts, you don't quite have because I think even though he can have his good games, he's half the time I watch Roberts and I think he's a bit like headless chicken in there, isn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, so it makes you wonder if if they're working on going three at the back for for certain games in certain situations, such as Sunday. Um, but still, 
the need for another centre back is is crying out. See me, me personally, and I'm no, uh, you know, I'm no manager, no coach, but I would prefer, to, you know, with ten minutes to go, or well, it was twenty minutes to go, um, I would have preferred, you know, to keep the back four intact as it was, and bring on an extra defensive midfielder. That would, you know, to, you know, take off the attacking midfielder, take off the left side or the right side of the midfielder, and just bring on another. You know, defensively minded midfielder. You know, you could have put Gary Gardner over there in front of Pedersen. It probably would have helped. You know, it helped when we played against West Brom away at the start uh, uh, post lockdown. You know, Gary Gardner did a good job on that on that side. You know, defensively. Um, but I don't. I, that's what I would personally prefer. I prefer to see more defensive midfielders coming on just to shore up the middle of the park then another extra defender thrown in. It kind of was a little bit to, sort of a situation of, you know, too many cooks spoiling the broth really, isn't it? Yeah, I think, sure, you're thicking up, you're putting another midfielder in there, you're, you know, thicking up that, that congest that middle park still, which is obviously what Roberts was on for, but, you know, you keep that back fully tat and they, they all know their job, they all knew their role, Yeah, what was needed yeah. of them. Maybe another day you you don't get that that deflection and you walk away with the three points there. But um, I mean, talk about another centre back, San Jose, who we still haven't seen in the lineup, can can play centre back. Not in the squad again on on Sunday. Still working his fitness up by the sounds of it. But where do you see him fitting in? Is he going to be that centre back option? Is he going to be in the middle? Uh, we still we still don't know what to expect from him, do we? No, we don't know what to expect from him. Um, I think the way that we we are defensively with the back four, I think we're we're pretty sound. Um, so I can't see him, you know, coming in for George Friend uh, personally. I think I can see him coming in for one of the defensive midfielders. Um, and well, like we were saying earlier, is that a job that he could do on his own? You know, potentially at home and not away from home. Maybe away from home, we'll need two defensive midfielders. But San Jose, when he's up to speed and he's fit, um, could that be a job that, you know, we don't need Sanjic or Clayton. He comes in, does the job, and it allows us to play um, a few more attack-minded, you know, forward-thinking midfielders. Yeah, it's kind of like the anchoring from... And then have two in the, two in the pivot playing... Looking, yeah. looking ahead rather than sideways or, or backwards. I mean, I just want, I just want to touch on on Clayton again a bit because another, I, I want to say, I want to say, faultless performance as such, but another solid display from him on on Sundays really uh, made that position in the middle his own for the time being at least. Um, a lot of a couple of eyebrows raised when we signed him as he passed it or or whatnot, but so far seems to be. Just what we needed in there. Um, it yeah, brings okay. it brings something else in there, doesn't it? But absolutely, a lot, yeah. A lot of midfielders still on the books up, laking out on low. Still time for Davis, Kifton, Bowd, maybe even the Gardner to Bournemouth rumours. What what do you see as outgoings for the rest of the window now? What what do you what do you think can happen? Um, I think uh, the obvious questions like a lot of us seen on. Uh, Twitter is, you know, is Davis and Kip the Bell gonna sort of move on out? Um, I think I think both their their time is up now with the club. 
in terms of who we now have at our disposal in that central defensive midfield. Um, so yeah, I would expect them two to go out if they if they've got any suitors. That is um, Gary Gardner. I, don't, I can't see Gary Gardner going anywhere. Um, I'd like to think that he's definitely got his place in the squad. Um, and he's definitely good enough to play play his way into the first team. That's that is for sure. Well, he does your Clayton, does your Adam Clayton role, doesn't he? Really, you know, he's yeah, Combative midfielder can get around a bit more mobile than maybe Clayton is at, at his age, but um, like you said earlier, he can do a number of different things. He's filled in on the left at West Brom away, he brings that aerial advantage as well. So hopefully, he stays. He's, like I say, he's a good enough player. Oh, I could see Kifton Bowd going to Millwall. Rowett loves him, doesn't he? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they they somehow they somehow signed the wrong part of paperwork. Um hmm. which makes belief considering they've been doing it for year after year after year. So obviously we got away with that one because he came back into the side under I think it was Cottrell then. Um and didn't look back after that. Davis, I don't know if I'm so sad if he was to go now. I think his time at the club's been numbered for 12 to 18 months now. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. but like you say, it's it's finding a suitor for these players now more than anything. Um, Davis tarnished with the fact that he refused to play for Charlton in the end of last season. Mm. Um, do people really want to take that sort of attitude on board if, they, if he's going to cost a fee as well? I think... David Davis still offers something at championship level, in my opinion. But if we want to be, you know, challenging in the top half of the division, uh, I think we, well, we obviously need more quality than than, than David Davis. Um, that's no disrespect to the player. I think he sort of knows where his level is at, at the moment. Um, and like we were saying earlier, we just that position, central defensive midfield, is so so important in this division. If you've got a player that can put his foot on the ball, can pass the ball can break play up, you know, he's got the composure to get his side up the pitch. Uh, we're talking about the likes of Tom Kearney, uh, uh, unfortunately, I don't want to say his name, but um, John McGinn, players that can actually, you know, get around the pitch, put the foot in, break the play up, and then can actually see uh, a teammate and can actually instigate attacks, can also score goals as well. Then we, you know, we need to be bringing that sort of player in. We want to be successful in this division. Um, yeah. I say that the, the issue with those is they're like gold dust, aren't they? And, and unfortunately, yeah. Um, you know, you, where do you find those players, and where do you find them for for, for dirt cheap as well? Um, yeah, you know, I think the days of getting someone like John McGinn for two and a half, three million a guy, aren't they nowadays? I know it was only a couple of years ago that them lot signed him, but you know they're they're few and far between, aren't they now? Uh, they are, unfortunately. Um, I think you know I think Bournemouth have got a player in us who everything really in the mid in the middle of half. I think they've got a couple of players like that. Um, yeah, it's really difficult. 
Um, again, with the same with Watford, really. Uh, we're talking about you know teams that have just come down from the Premier League. They've got those type of players that can actually do. I think Kapuo does a similar sort of job. He can actually break play up. He can pass. He, you know, his passing stats are pretty decent. Um, yeah, I think Adam Clayton brings that to our game to an extent, um, but uh, I think we need we need more quality than that. If we're going to... You need legs as well because you need someone who's going to do it every week. I don't think Clayton can can do it every week now, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's going to get them stages where he needs to have a rest. As are, as are many people this season now with the congested schedule. But see what the next 10 days or so brings, I suppose. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, nice. Like I say, it'd be interesting to see what we uh, if we do go in for a striker. So I think that's the only position, really, isn't it? That we sort of. I think it's the, the one that we definitely need. Definitely, because I know we only play one up front, but we need more than two options. And yeah, it, I think it all does boil down to what's his uh, what's his idea for Lecker? What's he coming for? Is he a striker? Is he a winger? Is he a is he a starter? What is a you know? I think. No, I'll answer the quite a few questions. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll catch up again after the international break. Um, at which point, I think the window will be closed as well. So hopefully, we'll know uh, what we've got for the next few months. Um, that's pretty much all we've got for today. Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for joining me. Thanks for watching at home. We'll be back again after the uh, international break. Um, follow us on the social media channels at Blues Focus Pod. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 